The Lord be with you and also with you. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Glory to God in the highest and peace in God's people on earth. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Christmastide Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later. Our service today includes the greeting and sermon recorded on December 29th, along with recorded music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Please note on our website the many possibilities for ministry and pastoral support available this week. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
we pray. O God, by the leading of a star, you manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us, who know you now by faith, to your presence, where we may see your glory face to face. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall come to you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Glory to you, O Lord. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christmas at a social distance need not be Christmas at a spiritual distance. Hear the good news. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. There is a physicality at the dawn of faith through the echoes of faith welling up in the gift of faith. There is a physique to faith, your faith, the faith of the church, the faith which has seized us and seizes us still, a faith in flesh and bone. As Paul Lehman taught us long ago, God is at work in the world to make and keep human life human. God is at work in the world to make and keep human life human. God works through people, through human agency. Incarnation, poetically and wondrously pronounced in John 1, reminds us so and recalls to us the lasting power of human agency, people like you, God's people at work in the world, for God's work must truly be our own. There are many who will scoff at human agency, uh-oh, no, no, go slow, veto, but not you. You know you can make a difference for the good and the true and the beautiful, yes, you can. Your prayer is that of Howard Thurman. Your motto is that of John Wesley. Your carol is that of his brother Charles Howard. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. John, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can. Charles, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. All the theological poetics we can muster, all the poetical theology we can risk, all the words set to music and music made for words, all the musical words, all verbal music, all and more that we can find and more than all that we can shape, we shall need this Christmas Sunday and every Sunday through 2021 to herald the gospel, the faith of flesh and bone, the physicality of faith. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have never been very far from academia. Colgate, Syracuse, Ohio Wesleyan, Columbia, Cornell, McGill, Lemoyne, University of Rochester, now BU. Our friend Bob worked at Syracuse University for four decades. He and his wife Connie started coming to our church out of an old family connection on her side and because his Boy Scout troop met in the building on his side. She was an architect, community leader, financial developer, and outgoing spirit. He was 
quiet, kind, soulful, and real. You could swap stories with him about Eagle Scout courts of honor, about trading neckerchiefs at the National Jamboree, about Philmont Scout Ranch, and the tooth of time. Bob worked in a small office on campus. We will need some archeological tools to describe his life's labor. He supported students who needed AV and other equipment. In the chaos of his little nest, he could find for you all manner of treasures, carbon paper, whiteout, typewriter ribbon, film strip projectors, carousel slide projectors, screens, amplifiers, ditto paper, pens and pencils, and virtually anything else you, dear student, might need some decades ago for your class presentation due in two hours, due early tomorrow morning, due in 10 minutes. In the joyful freedom of pastoral ministry as that church grew, the minister could go and visit Bob and watch the nearly endless stream of orphaned students stampeding their way to his little room. He didn't hector them. Your lack of planning is not my personal crisis. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Be punctual and do everything at the, the appointed hour. No, he just helped. He just quietly and joyfully helped. One winter, a middle-aged former minister working on another master's degree came by to speak about Bob, saying, I watch him. He is salt and he is light. He would give you the shirt off his back. He is there for his students. On weekends, he took his scout troop to be enveloped in the natural world, usually deep into the Adirondacks. There he taught a love of the created order, a respect for the history of places and the rudiments of leadership, affirm in public, criticize in private, and other lasting truths. Big eyes covered by big glasses, a big smile, and silent except for laughter. He never bought a thing on credit. Not his house, not his car, not his camping gear. He taught his four children that same frugality. Connie predeceased him by some years, but until Bob died a few winters ago, one could know and smile to think that at least one Christian walked the earth in the shadow of the carrier dome. As we were trying to get that urban church rolling, we one year arranged a December dish to pass dinner. We sang some carols. Maybe a hundred of us or so gathered. We had asked three of our people just to tell a Christmas story as our fairly humble program that snow-covered evening. Bob's was the last. As a 20-year-old, he had gone to England as part of a bomber crew in or about 1941. During our own national and international upheaval, pandemic 2021, we may want to recall stories and courage from his generation. He told us simply about being away from home for the first time, about having a photo of his girlfriend, Connie, about his mom and dad and sister. He said that his only thought was to hope that he would see them all once more, Connie, his mom, his dad, his sister. I would like to get home alive. This was his prayer as it is for some in hospital this very day. Christmas came, but the servicemen were not allowed any decorations, no candles on land that might be lit and so shine and so guide enemy bombers. Bob noticed that their rations came in cardboard boxes with a coating of paraffin on them. So when he had time, he would sit in front of Connie's picture that December, and using his scout knife, he would peel off the paraffin storing it in a number 10 can. By Christmas Eve, Bob had enough for three candles, each with a short wick made of shoestring in the middle. That night as the plane and plane after plane took off, he set up a little table in the rear fuselage. And flying home as they leveled off, he and the crew, except for the pilot, gathered at that little table. He was afraid maybe the paraffin wouldn't work, but after a while, all three candles were lit, burning now in the dark sky over the cliffs of Dover and over the English Channel. And after a long silence, one of the men recited a psalm, and then together they said the Lord's Prayer. And then Bob prayed his hope to get home. And then together, without much singing talent and without any practice, they quietly sang a carol, 
Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I would like to get home alive, Bob said, as the candles dimmed, flickered, and went out. From that personal Christmas remembrance, we all caught a glimpse of the origins of Bob's later matured humility, kindness, and integrity, his faith in flesh and bone. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Before Jesus, there was John. Before the Christ, there was the Baptist. Jesus was a contemporary of John. John prepared the way for Jesus. As we listen with word and music this morning, perhaps we can ponder the power of faith in flesh and bone. Before Christmas, there is Advent. Before the Incarnation is the Anticipation, the Feast of Christmas. So this Lord's Day comes after the penitence of Advent. The joy of birth comes after the anxiety of expectation. As we listen with word and music today, let us ponder the mystery of faith in flesh and bone. Before tradition, there is event. Before understanding, there is experience. The rolling voice of the Baptist is the event through which each year we pass in order to come to our understanding of Christmas, including this Christmas-tide Sunday. Before Matthew, there was Mark. Before teaching, there was preaching. Before catechesis, there was kerygma. We will listen this year, 2021, mostly to Mark. Last year, Matthew. This year, Mark. Matthew is an interpreter of Mark. Mark is the model for Matthew. As we listen with word and music, perhaps we can ponder the power of change, especially for those living outside. Before John the Gospel, there was John the prologue to the Gospel, John 1, our reading today, wherein the Baptist gives way to the Christ. Seasoned religion said that the end was near. John says, the beginning is here. Earlier religion saw the end of the world. John preached the light of the world. Inherited spirituality waited for the future coming of the Lord. John celebrated the word among us, full of grace and truth. Earlier religion feared death, judgment, heaven, and hell in the by and by. John faced them with courage, all in every day. Seasoned religion clung fiercely to an ancient untruth. John let go and accepted a glorious new truth and hugged grace and freedom. Our inheritance, and Matthew and Mark and Luke and Paul and all, look toward the end, soon to come, but John. John looked up at the beginning, already here. They said with Shakespeare, all's well that ends well. John replied, Gut begonnen hab gebonen, well begun is half done. John alone had the full courage to face spiritual disappointment and move ahead. So we memorize 8.32, John 8.32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We face the need to change from inherited untruth to new insight and imagination day by day in the faith of flesh and bone. New occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth. One must upward still and onward. Who would keep abreast of truth? Truth, faith, faith in flesh and bone. Truth at Christmas, this Christmas, outside in the cold at night, in a manger, Outside, as communities of color, needing but fearing some of their neighborhood police, both needing and fearing their own police, in the year of Taylor, Arbery, Floyd, Hill, and others. Outside, as those along the borders, sometimes without principle, without apology, are stripped of their children. Outside, hunting for a meal with children in tow. Outside, with employment lost, bereft of purpose or place or position or power. Outside, fearing, fearing, pollution and pandemic and politics, politics and prejudice and pain. Outside and without even the indoor beauty of a church or the indoor beauty of a choir 
or the indoor beauty of a gathered and loving congregation, a truly addressable community. El Greco best painted the incarnation, worn fingers and bowed heads and wrinkled brows, and outdoor clothing, shepherds abiding, abiding, abiding. All and all, at a Christmas social distance, incarnation comes into a world of hurt, faith in flesh and bone. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Scripture assumes a multi-generational perspective, no more so than in the narratives of Christmas. Real change takes a long time, generations of time when it comes at all. Do you remember what you were confronted with a generation ago? For some of us, another December in that same Syracuse neighborhood 32 years ago, it was the sudden announcement on a bitter snowy night to a stunned basketball crowd in the Carrier Dome that a plane with many of our own neighborhood students, our own Syracuse University students, and students from other regions, including Boston, had crashed in Lockerbie, Scotland. The portent of that moment in 1988 eluded us, eluded all, but it was a harbinger of the struggles of the next 30 years in one limited horror and tragedy. 182 passengers died, 270 in total died, 35 students from Syracuse University died, and some from other universities, including one from Boston University. A few days ago, as this sermon was gestating, a newscast recast that moment, noting ongoing legal challenges and retelling the story. It brought back that night and the silent 30,000 in the dome after the game and the long walk home over the hill and through the cemetery where now both my parents have since been buried side by side through the dark and cold wind and snow, the darkness of sin, the cold of death, the snowfall of the thread of meaninglessness, sin and death and the thread of meaninglessness, to trod through these again in 2021, we shall need some faith, faith in flesh and bone, faith to face and face up to the mystery of death, the tenacity of sin, the better tempt, bitter temptation of meaninglessness. Maybe the challenge of the year past in manifold dimensions has been just this, just this. All the theological poetics we can muster, all the poetical theology we can risk, all the words set to music and music made for words, all the musical words, all verbal music, all and more than we can find and more than all that we can shape, we shall need this Christmastide Sunday and every Sunday into 2021 to herald the gospel, the faith of flesh and bone, the physicality of faith. We shall need the flesh and bone of ordinary grace to live the daily truth of faith. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of such, a friend, Carrie Loffman, recently wrote, Hope you and your family are well in this crazy COVID time. I have a small poem for you. We live opposite a Brookline Elementary School in Coolidge Corner, and every day these children were my daily blessing. I watched from my third floor window all last spring and into the summer, her poem. Every afternoon around four, a wheeled flock of boys flies down my city street on bikes, scooters, skateboards, more skilled than scared and raucous with it. Contrapuntal, contrapuntal eurythmic beats play concrete sidewalk sections till they dare to launch off curbs, catching air, helmet plumage drafting down, fledging into a new reality. Masked Avengers, they swoop into games of capture and release capture the invisible flag, release time's arrested breath, spread mojo on all our viral fears. Circuitous flights around the school, capture and release of joy. They go round and round, a circumlocution of boys. 
a circumlocution of boys. In a moment, we will hear again the ancient liturgy for Eucharist. We are not together to receive together the bread and cup, but we are together in relationship, by memory, in hope, through prayer. And with a little imagination, with eyes closed and hearts open, we might allow the familiar ancient prayers of communion to bring us into communion. So travel with a little imagination. Imagine Eucharist at Marsh Chapel. Stand to sing, pause to reflect, step out into the aisle, look at and look past Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard, receive cup and bread, bread and cup, kneel at the altar to pray, stand in communion with the communion of saints. Here is the bread and cup of friendship. Imagine if you are willing your own funeral, say right here in a congregation reciting together a creed, a psalm, a hymn, a poem. Imagine if you are willing a congregation currently in diaspora, but just now, by the word spoken, a gathered and thus addressable community, you and I and all together. Sursum corda, hear the gospel. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen.
for the work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers we ask in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself our light and our salvation you set a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born and in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world you have led your people from far places to his light by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <coughs> When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. 